Cool. Anyways, well, let's get official with it. Uh, hi, everybody. For those of you who don't know, my name is Brad. I'm the host of Successfully Sustainable, a podcast all about learning to live a more attainable, maintainable, sustainable lifestyle, because I think that's really important. I'm joined today by Mr. Jordan Jagger. I've got my whole little spiel written out because we did our research. Jordan is the National Manager of Ether Herbalist and Apothecary. Uh, which is a natural medicines and, and wellness company. He also co-founded uh, the Tea Tank Al- uh, Alchemy, there we go, uh, which is a community of conscious minds coming together around the intentional pouring of tea. Um, on the side, he's a amateur mycologist and a self-proclaimed ancient astronaut theorist, which we're definitely getting into. Uh, he has worked on permaculture farming projects in Central and South America and is currently conducting his own research into the therapeutic use of psychoactive plants and mushrooms. So, uh, I mean, let, let's get straight, kind of straight into it. I know we've had this conversation, but but for the people. Um, when did you start your journey towards a more kind of plant-based, natural lifestyle? And, and how would you describe your evolution? Where did you come from and, and how did you get here? Totally. Um, so, sure. Interesting one. Um I've got to give credit to to a very old friend of mine. Her name's Lucia. She's from Spain, and I went to school with her. Um, and she was a real catalyst to sort of my plant-based revolution. She's a yeah a real uh, outspoken activist when it comes to veganism. Um, and it helps when she's got the Spanish accent that just makes you laugh about it a little. Mm-hmm. But it, it it creates a lovely sort of atmosphere. Um, a lovely atmosphere around the idea of being vegan. I associated it with this wonderfully theatrical Spanish lady. So it was <laughs> incredible. Which is always a good mental association, no matter the context. Totally, totally. Um, so shout out to Lucia. But um, I was actually, I think it was when I first started looking into plant-based diets um, and more conscious consumption of foods, it was probably like late 2016. I was actually, <laughs> remember it so vividly, I was out in Plettenberg Bay at one of the like one of the more um, ethical dairy farms there. I forget the name, but um, you know, and they prided themselves with you know how ethically they they sourced their dairy and how well kept the cows were and all of this. And I was just there, and I was just really struggling. I was just and and that was just dairy. You know, these cows mm. weren't even being used for meat. It was simply just um, getting milked, and it was really tough for me to be in that environment. And I sort of asked myself, well, if it's going to be that tough to see a cow getting milked um, and I can barely watch that in person, you know, how do I expect myself to eat meat? Yeah. So that was when I sort of transitioned towards vegetarianism. Um, I still maintained a little bit of fish in my diet um, because I really enjoy fish. Um, And then as my sort of um, as I started picking up jobs, jobs along the way, um, I found some really nice um, spaces to work in that had their focus around sustainability. Um, and that sort of taught me about where where I could attain my most sustainable diet, if, if we're talking about diet, really, um, which wasn't completely um, exclusive of meats and dairy and stuff like that, but it was, you know, just very conscious just knowing the source knowing where it came from and knowing what realistically what was the most accessible way that i could be sustainable at that time yeah um and sort of my evolution since then that is the question that i ask myself given how much money i'm earning given where i live yeah given the access that i have yeah what is the most sustainable i can be okay um and yeah i mean a lot of a lot of my decisions are based on you know very personal opinions um but yeah i'm not too dogmatic in any way i think you know a very large part of the way that i consume is also the sort of emotional relationship i have with food yeah um if i'm really really craving and my family's from lebanon and you know we'll get together and have a really beautiful traditional feast yeah um where my mom and and my aunties will be like cooking up the most incredible food and a lot of it is meat-based now i'm not going to go and devour you know lots of raw lamb which is one of the dishes but you know like there is something very you know very comforting and beautiful about just having a little bit of that it's like this wonderful sort of connection with the ancestry and and my culture and stuff like that but by no means am i going out purchasing meat but i I don't have this sort of like black and white yeah and i think that i think that's really important and it's part of the conversations that i want to have 
on this podcast is like you said kind of the personal decisions meeting people where they're at totally. and you know what's the most viable sustainable thing that you can do in your context mm-hmm. and, and and with your lifestyle and and i'm also kind of not for exactly the same reason but not as dogmatic i'm also vegetarian but food waste is worse than eating meat so if totally. there's going to be meat wasted in a little bit then i'll eat it because it's worse for it to be wasted exactly so it, it kind of goes back to the and regular listeners of the podcast <laughs> well like it's it's all about the context and and understanding that so uh, this i mean are there any principles or mantras that that you've held dear that that have helped you kind of stay on track that have you know helped be a motivator if not then just say no and we'll move on yeah i mean to be honest nothing that's sort of nothing that's sort of carried me through the past few years although I did like two, three wo- weeks ago hear something which really resonated with me. I was watching this um, this show on Netflix. I forget the name, but it was all about sort of new age architects and, and how they're using different inspirations to sort of um, motivate their different pieces. And there was this one um, Israeli woman, that uh, Israeli architect that was speaking about how she really loves sort of turning everyday adjectives and nouns into verbs. And she's like addicted to the idea of using verbs. And so she used the term mother nature. But instead of it being a concept Mm. of this being of mother nature being separate to us, she was saying that when she thinks of mother nature, she turns turns it into a verb. So she's talking about mothering nature, Mm. which I thought was really cool. That's sick. Yeah, that's really cool. And like probably super profound. People are probably like this guy knows exactly what he's speaking. (laughs) I just heard it. It It was somebody else's thing. Yeah, but it's. Yeah, it did. It's it's like, you know, it also helps us sort of reconnect with yeah. us being a part of nature. Yeah. You know, it's we're, we're one of the very few creatures that sort of separate ourselves yeah. from nature. You know, it's like nature is this other thing. It's yeah. like us and then there's animals and plants and that's nature. It's yeah. Like we're, you know, we're very much... We're animals too. Exactly. We, yeah, sometimes can forget it. Yeah. Okay, let's let's get into your kind of more recent work with, with Ether. Um, yeah, how did you start working with them in the beginning and give a little bit of background into to what Ether is? Totally, totally. So um, it actually ties into that sort of um, the, the real genesis of, of my work with Ether ties closely back into what we were just speaking about, which is that sort of spectrum and growth and mm. meeting meeting myself where I was at at the time, you know, and, and yeah. not sort of being scared to disagree with my past opinions or you know, plans and stuff like that. So I was originally in, when I left school, I went over to South America because I thought I wanted to be um, a permaculture farmer. I thought I wanted to come back home and set up my farm in Nature's Valley, sort of live off the grid. And that was going to be sort of the, you know, the fundamentally, the the most perfect way that I could reach sustainable enlightenment. Mm. Yeah. and then while I was traveling, you know, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. But when I came back, I realized, well, you know, like there's very few people that really have the um, the luxury of being able to decide to move out of the city. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, it was more important for me to bring sustainability into the city yeah. rather than taking sustainability away from the yeah. city. You know, and like as far as population is concerned, there's a lot more people that can be affected by the sort of knowledge of you know like you don't you don't have to like pack your bags and quit your job at the law firm and trek out you know yeah. in the middle of nowhere to lead a sustainable life yeah. there's different ways in which you can incorporate sustainability into your and, and connection with nature back yeah. into your life in the city yeah i'm a self-proclaimed i mean cullen will cullen and ricky the owners of ether they will they'll laugh every time i say it but i love the city mm. i'm a city rat like i love waking up to the smell of piss in the morning the sound <laughs> of ambulances it's like i love it you know i love being in that hustle and bustle it's it's really something that brings me joy and like yeah. i don't want to feel guilty for it i want to be able to be like yeah. oh, that's it's it's great that i yeah. can enjoy that let me use you know a very strange enjoyment of of those things and and bring sustainability yeah, integrated exactly integrated for myself and also show people that you know you don't need a big garden to have a food farm and food forest in your garden or yeah. on your property you know you don't you don't need space to have a composting bin yeah you know you don't need you know access to you know 
amazing transport to transport all your recycling you don't have to build a recycling depot at home you know yeah. it's like there's very accessible ways to and and very affordable ways to incorporate sustainability into you know a townhouse into yeah. an apartment even yeah um so anyways tying that back I, I realized that i wanted to do something that was aligned with nature aligned with returning to nature and sustainability but not necessarily detach myself from the city life yeah and um, it was at that point that I sort of remembered meeting Cullen and Ricky at one of the markets a few years before. And um, so I called them up and I was just trying my luck and they were like, it's perfect timing. You know, we're really looking for someone down in Cape Town and, you know, we're really not um, concerned too much with degrees and stuff like yeah. that. We're concerned with, you know, experience and the type of person and passion that you have. And, you know, we really connected and we're seeing eye to eye and, the journey's sort of taken off from there. I've been able to spend the last year and a half um, studying in depth the world of mushrooms and herbal medicines. Um, you know, having Cullen and Ricks is a wonderful resource. Yeah. Having access to different podcasts, um, academic journals, um, and then also just meeting people and mm. realizing there's going to be questions that I don't know and it mm. requires me to go and learn. And, and, and that's okay. And that's okay. And that's only something I can get from working with people. And, you know, in the city, you can, I'm going to work with more people than anywhere else. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's that's pretty much my journey with Ether. And there's some really, really exciting stuff coming up. And um, I'm constantly learning. Every day I'm learning something new. Which is, I mean, so exciting and such a privilege that that's your job. Totally, it's it's such a cool kind of working environment to to be to be in. Totally, and I think there's, I mean, there's something very sustainable about that, you know. And I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying, um, but you know, the idea of doing something, you know, that you love, but also something that that can bring you sort of. Um, that you can keep learning from. Yeah. You know? Like I don't see myself going anywhere else because I feel like the work that I'm doing with Ether is sustainable for my growth yeah. as well. You know? Yeah. It's not like I've decided this is what I want to be and now I'm just sitting yeah. back and I'm comfortable. It's helping with my evolution and my growth. And there's something really sustainable about that yeah. for me. Talk to us about the impact of, for you personally of kind of plant-based or natural medicines and, and tinctures. What are you using currently? What have you used? Mm. How has it impacted your physical health, mental health? Yeah, I mean... Totally. I mean, yeah, I've been... I've, I've had very various different diets over the years, not for any other reason than I just go through phases of what <laughs> I crave. Um, yeah, when I was traveling, I was kind of on a, a strict oat diet where it was kind of like oats Interesting. once a day was mainly financial, but I learned oh, to yeah, love yeah. All, of the, <laughs> all of the different ideas of how you can make oats taste different. So there was days I was putting cumin in my oats just because I felt like, you know, I've done the salt, I've done the, the sweet, <laughs> and, and now I just need something like spicy in my oats because I'm getting sick and tired of it. Um, but the thing that's resonated mostly with me, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I love a plant-based diet, mm. but I'm a sucker for, you know, carbs and starch so yeah. you know like i'm i'm not someone that you know eats salads every day yeah. and, and feels satisfied yeah. I'll, I'll eat a salad every now and then i'll eat roast veggies but i love pasta and yeah you know that for me brings me so much satisfaction yeah. I, I avoid meat as much as i can and what i like to say is you know like plant-based is a wonderful term because i am yeah. plant-based yeah i'm like 80 yeah. percent and when i go out to the shops i buy vegan i don't buy dairy and i don't buy um, meat products but if there is something in the house if I'm going to a special occasion you know if my mom cooks up some bacon on a Saturday morning and I have to walk in home and, and smell that I'm going to have a little nibble you know mm, and yeah. and it's something there's something so nice about yeah. that you know and my uh, there's something so beautiful about sort of like um, getting rid of that sort of strict attitude yeah. um, which I really love yeah. um, but that that's basically been my diet mostly I mean the herbal medicines, uh, especially working with ether and having access to such incredible <laughs> product placement, <laughs> um, having access to such incredible medicines. Um, I mean, I've truly resonated with the mushrooms more than anything. Okay. Um, it's a small part of our range, but definitely our most popular I mean, area. Tell the people what what yeah. are these two? I mean, grab S them and, and so talk to the camera. Yeah, I mean, I've. So I've brought across um, our two products here. These are two of our three best sellers. 
Um, the third one is at home in use by me at the moment. It's my favorite product. But um, this is the Lion's Mane, and um, it's just, yeah, this has helped so many people um, since since we started selling it and since we started manufacturing um, Lion's Mane. It's just a mushroom on its own, and it has really, really incredible properties with regards to cognitive health. So anything from anyone experiencing brain fog to memory loss, short term, long term uh, diseases of the mind. It's a wonderful sort of um, treatment uh, alternative for Alzheimer's and dementia. And we've had some it is one of the com most common kind of well-known nootropics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they'll talk about it. There's it does incredible stuff with brain neuron mm. regrowth and exactly and yeah. all sorts of stuff. I mean you might know something about that but for those who are more interested like go read up on what lion's mane can do for brain neuron totally. regrowth it's incredible yeah i mean paul stamets will swear by it and he's done a lot of really great research into the use of lion's mane also combining it with psilocybin and, uh, and using it as a wonderful sort of combination with other treatments um but yeah i mean it increases nerve growth factors so it can actually repair damaged neurons and help you sort of mm. regrow healthy neurons it also you know when we start to experience um, memory issues and leading towards more severe cases of alzheimer's or dementia uh, there's a lot of plaque that sort of builds up yeah. on our neurons you know and you can think of it like this thick wax um, and there's there's proteins in lion's mane which actually dissolve this plaque and then help lubricate the neurons so that your synapses can fire again. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, we've just had incredible results. Yeah. And that's for people, you know, with actual diseases of the mind. And then if you, you know, if you sort of switch it back down a little bit to everyday use for yeah. someone that, you know, just like if you, if you smoke a little bit of, I like to use the word cannabis because it makes me sound <laughs> a lot more formal than, than marijuana. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm a researcher and scientist, so I use the word cannabis. Um, <laughs> and if you're a regular smoker of the cannabis, um, you know, you often struggle to dream. I know a lot of friends yeah. that, that smoke consistently and, you know, they haven't dreamt in a while. And um, you know, I could go on a tangent about the importance of sleep but and dreaming, but um I'll leave it there and, and just say that Lion's Mane is a wonderful tool if you don't want to stop indulging in your cannabis to to help sort of regain your dreams. Yeah. Um, also, a wonderful alternative for anyone on Ritalin or Concerta, you know, that, that okay. want uh, an amphetamine alternative. Interesting. Know, yeah, because amphetamines, if you can avoid them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, with that being said, um, Hamilton Morris. Got to give a shout out to my boy Hamilton. Um, he's... Yeah, the the um, journalist behind Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia on Vice. I'm sure most of you have seen some of his stuff. And um, something I really love about him is that he speaks about there's no no such thing or, as a good or a bad drug. Um, yeah. And that's really important. And I'm sure we'll get onto it a bit later about the sort of perception of herbal medicines. Like, I'm I'm not going to say that pharmaceuticals are a terrible thing. Yeah. You know, the pharmaceutical industry is another thing. But pharmaceuticals themselves, I think, are fantastic feats mm. of engineering and yeah. science. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, amphetamines as well. If you can avoid, the, avoid yeah. them, then, then definitely yeah. do. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, that's Lion's Mane. Reishi is um, sort of our mother Show mushroom. the camera. <laughs> product placement reishi ether herbalist and apothecary <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the thumbnail <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah reishi is sort of our mother mushroom if i had to recommend anything to anyone before they told me they had any issues they're not coming and asking for anything specific mm. they're just like listen what can you give me that'll be good for me i've got no you know like Context, presenting issues yeah. just this is this is i just need something reishi is the one it's an incredible immune booster uh, i've been taking it for the last year and a half um, i had my sister come down from the states to visit um, when i was still staying um, at my mom's place and she got covid bless her soul um, and we were all sort of isolating mm. in the same house together and me my mom and my youngest sister um, had been taking reishi for a year and we were all sort of isolating together but no masks we're just like yeah. hey she's only here for three yeah. weeks we may as well just get sick together and yeah. spend time together so we were fully exposed there's no ways that we didn't come into contact with um covid and we all went for our antibody tests afterwards yeah 
none of us had a single antibody. Wow. Um, yeah. That's fascinating. And I can't prove that it's because of the ratio, yeah. but I can make a really well-informed guess and yeah. assumption that it is, you know. Or that it at least is a contributor. Totally, totally. You know? um, and the interesting thing about antibodies, which is which I think would be, you know, nice to mention, is that your body only actually makes antibodies as a last resort mm. if it cannot fight off the virus by itself. So, you know, if you don't have antibodies it doesn't mean you haven't come into contact with the virus it just yeah. means that you know your t t cells and your k cells they they are they are able to fight off that virus yeah before your body has to you know inevitably produce antibodies as this last resort yeah so it's not that we hadn't come in contact with the virus it's impossible that we hadn't yeah eating together you know yeah um but it's just if your immune system's intact, there's there's a few layers before you get to antibodies that can very efficiently fight off pathogens yeah. and viruses. So yeah, that's Reishi. I, I think bulletproof immune system. It's also a wonderful adaptogen. It helps with sleep. It helps balance all of our hormones. So interesting. Um, can help with stress as well and stuff like that. Just keeping our body in a really good state of balance. So yeah, those are two of my favorite products. Yeah, I mean, you, we kind of mentioned it's kind of the misconceptions around around these kind of medicines, mm. and and I, like yeah, I feel a lot of people are skeptical about having these conversations and and looking into these substances. But you know, I think, and I mean, to a degree, that's probably because of lack of regulation and no one understands it. And unregulated substances that can affect your body are never particularly a good idea, or at least totally. you know hard to um, understand but I think also just a massive lack of information and context and education around these substances because they've been demonized by um, or not demonized but just kind of yeah. set to the wayside in, in in ultimate favor of western medicines totally. is maybe a way of putting it totally. like what do you do you understand the skepticism do you think there's a degree of validity to it and mm. yeah I mean what do you think those major misconceptions are yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think the skepticism itself, I think it's a hundred percent valid. Pull the mic a bit closer to your face. Okay, we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I think the skepticism itself is a hundred percent valid. I mean, just my very, you know, relatively brief period of time in the world of herbal medicines, you come across so many products and brands that um, it's very easy to sort of take advantage of the lack of knowledge of people with these medicines um you've got i mean you know we you've got especially around mushroom products is the best example i can use um, and this this is sort of it's a common tr sort of thread between all different types of herbal medicines i mean you can get um uh, elderflower and elderberry and and um these you know wonderful herbal medicines but they'll kind of be cut for lack of a better term with other parts of the plant that are a lot less therapeutic mm. or you know uh, ginger you might be getting a ginger product but you know you're not actually getting any ginger root they're cutting off you know it's like imagine yeah. trying to buy a carrot and someone sells you like a Gives carrot top leaf, yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like well i mean it's part of the carrot you know yes yeah. but it's you know it's not it's not the food i'm looking for yeah um, and very similar things are done because of the lack of regulation with herbal medicine. Yeah. So I totally understand the skepticism and I would say that it is, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of truth there and a lot, I, I understand it and I think that people should be skeptical, but not about all herbal yeah. medicines. I um, mean, people should just be skeptical about whatever they're putting in their body. 100%, yeah. 100%. Um, I mean, around mushroom products, there's been this huge issue over the past decade, especially in the States, um, where it's actually recently been all medicinal mushrooms have been run through the FDA because there was a wonderful loophole where companies could take mycelium, which is kind of the body of the mm. mushroom, and they grow it on grain. Um, and when you grow it on grain, it creates a thin layer of fungus or mycelium around each part of the grain. So let's say, for instance, we're using corn. You've got this really thin layer of mycelium, you know, um, around the circumference of the corn, um, but it, it volume-wise, it's not very much. Mm. And there's no way of separating the mycelium from the grain. So uh. they'll grow a jar of, of fungus that's this big, thick, white brick of yeah. mycelium. Or looks like it. <laughs> looks like it, exactly. Uh, and because they can't separate the grain, they're grinded all up together. And what you end up with is a product that's usually served in capsules and it's 70% grain and 30% mycelium. Yeah. So every day you think you're taking your mushroom medicine that is giving you 
these wonderful benefits and you're just you know you're consuming a capsule of ground up rice <laughs> or ground up corn it's you know and that's just one of the things that i've come across mm. um in the industry yeah. over the past year and and like i said it's sort of um it seems to be i don't want to say a common but an, you know and unfortunately way more regular than i'd like to think in in the in the herbal sort of category and field of medicines it, yeah. it, it pops up and it, it is because of lack of regulation mm. um cbd as well you know yeah. cannabis products you know it's it's people are serving cbd isolates yeah um personal opinion i think there's it's understood that we don't know nearly enough about cannabis the plant yeah. itself to make um definite um you know statements on it but you know as far as my research is concerned a full spectrum product is important mm. thc is an incredibly powerful anti-inflammatory yeah and people are isolating cbd from it and selling it like that and they're yeah. diluting it down and it's you know because it's this new thing on the market mm. you know Everyone's you're gonna like, get cbd exactly <laughs> you're gonna get your aunties and all of the tunnies yeah. here that are gonna go get their cbd flat white with yeah. you know, pumpkin spice from the nearest cafe and it feels great, but yeah. what are they actually doing? You know, yeah. and it might make their nervous system a bit calm, but all of those, you know, those like anti-cancer and, and you know anti-pain and all of this mm. pain relief properties, it's like it's not really there, and they're paying top dollar for this product because, and it's justified because cannabis has been illegal and alienated for so long. It's like okay, cool, it makes sense. I'm paying this much for a cannabis product, mm. then, but what are you really paying for? Yeah. Um, so there is, you know, I think regulation is something that's very important with herbal medicines. Yeah. For us, um, and, s and one of the reasons I'm super grateful to be working with ether herbalists and apothecary is that, you know, there's there's tons of herbal medicine, and I speak about artemisia or African wormwood every day to yeah. Colin and Ricky. It's my favorite plant. I've got it tattooed on my body. I just I, Sh I where think it's, is it? It's uh, the head of this male over here. That's very cool. Yeah, it's like my favorite herb, and it's like an incredible detoxing herb. Mm. Um, but we don't necessarily stock it because there's not enough research on it. And and for us, we want to be able to sort of be that go between between go between sort of for people that uh need herbal medicines but don't want something they don't want to th when they think of herbal medicine they don't want to think of some forest elf that's like half clothed running around the forest throwing herbs into yeah. like a bottle of urine and then yeah. letting it soak you know people want to be able to trust it and and know that it's coming from a place totally. which is you know researched yeah. and, and, and the thing is like like the way that we extract our medicines it's pharmaceutical grade with precision yeah you know? so we're making you know pharmaceutical grade products which is the difference is we're not isolating compounds yeah you know? um aspirin you know very common mm. painkiller and anti-inflammatory is taken from willow bark yeah and you can get the exact same properties just slightly less potent if you make a willow bark extract um and by doing that you're using the whole plant you're using all of these other alkaloids that help in digesting that in your body so yeah. that it hasn't got such a negative effect for your liver and your kidneys and you're still getting those really active sort of alkaloids and um, polysaccharides and phytochemicals. Yeah, and you know what you're putting in. Exactly. And you're consuming that, that plant or that mushroom in its entirety, in the yeah. way that it was designed to be consumed. Yeah. You're not taking this mushroom and trying to find this very specific chemical yeah. that's in there and extracting it into a pull. You're, you're consuming it as nature has designed it yeah. to be consumed and you're receiving the therapeutic value. Yeah. But it is important that the way that these medicines are extracted and the way that they're tested is, you know, accurate. And that is my biggest thing. Yeah. You know, th like in the herbal, the, the world of herbal medicine, in the world of, all of this, it, it, it needs to be accurate. Um, yeah. That's my issue with Seaspiracy, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a there we go, <laughs> pop culture reference. <laughs> yeah, drops mic. Yeah, that's my issue with stuff like Seaspiracy and What the Health and Cowspiracy. And, yeah. you know, I haven't done too much research into it, but every time these documentaries come out, they blow people's minds. And that sort of shocking nature of it mm. is important. But then, like, the months go on and you slowly start to realize that people are coming and, like, placing lawsuits because so much of the evidence in there was taken out of context. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, completely skewed. All the interviews that they're having with these big, you know, fisheries and, and the, the CEOs of these big fisheries are completely manipulated yeah. by the editors. And it's just like, like, you have such a pure, such a wonderful concept yeah. and message yeah. and, like, 
goal, but you've got to have accuracy and integrity. And I think that is one of my biggest issues with the sustainability yeah. movement today. Yeah. Don't shoot yourself in the foot for the short term short term reward. This is this is a long haul. You know, we've got a long journey ahead of us towards mm -hmm. sustainability and things like this, it is a complete one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. No, you know, I, I can't argue with family members who won't go, you know, eat a little bit less meat if they, you know, if all of these things come out saying that that movie and that show and this piece of evidence is a complete hoax. Yeah. It's like, I can't argue with them and I've got to give them validation. I'm like, you're right. You know, yeah. this thing that I was using to try and convince you guys, it's, it's factually incorrect. Yeah. You know, and at that point, you know, we're moving backwards in yeah. the long run. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to give you, a, if you want to go to the bathroom, you can have a I'm quick good. break. I'm, I'm just going to check the camera. cameras. Make sure everything's happy. Let me take some water or something. Mm. Are we good? Are we playing good? I'm, I'm I'm still good to me. Yeah, man. I go on random tangents, Dude. but I'm sometimes, what's yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was about to say. And, like, and then I think of like the Joe Rogan podcast and they spend 15 minutes speaking yeah. about like the Anunnaki people. Yeah, they'll go for. Oh, I listened to that Hamilton, that episode of Hamilton. And yeah. Interesting. And it was amazing because, like, my best thing is Joe's, like, this wonderful self-proclaimed activist of psychedelics. Yeah. And then when Hamilton came on, he completely humbled him. He's like, yeah, psychedelics are great, but you don't have to completely bash, you know, opioids yeah. or yeah. pharmaceuticals. It's like the industry is terrible. Yeah. They're a lot more addictive. Yeah. But, but they're incredible feats of, of chemistry. Totally. I was listening to Neil deGrasse Tyson... I don't know if you've heard that episode. I, I love Neil. It's He's a fascinating like episode. And he was kind of, he was talking about how, um, you know, I've completely lost my train of thought. It just went, I need some lines, man. <laughs> 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 um, what was he saying? Um, it was about, like, yeah, he was saying, uh, well, Joe was t talking to him about like, oh, like at some point, you know, do you think we'll become a little bit... Um, like almost cyborg will have like different things mm. in our bodies that aren't natural and whatever. And the other went like, dude, you don't realize like chemistry is already made us symbi symbiotic. Like we, we live double the length we did totally purely because of pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Like, totally. you know, they've massively improved the quality of human life. They've improved equality, uh, you know, between men and women, the pill. Mm hmm like single biggest whatever to improve that inequality like it's dramatically improved the world in ways we don't even think about totally but like as with anything you know balances everything and totally and i mean when industry gets a hold of it you yeah know, it's like you know there's this wonderful wonderful meme i saw on facebook with like the black ant and the red ant and dropped in the same jar and shaken and at first they're all chilled with each other but then they start yeah you know, they start fighting because they think that they're under threat from the yeah. black ants and the red the black ants think they're under threat from the red ants but you know the person at fault is the guy yeah, shaking the, the jar, shaking jar. Like, no, exactly and you know balance and and being aware of, of what we're doing yeah i think it was mainly around just wanting to touch on the idea of sustainability in general and how you know like it's very easy for us to, you know, link sustainability with reducing plastic use and, you know, lowering our meat mm. consumption. But, you know, what I love about the concept of a podcast and just the wording is, you know, how you can achieve the most attainable level of sustainability yeah. in your life. Yeah. And that attainability for me is so important. And I know I mentioned it at the beginning of the mm. podcast, but, you know, if, you know, for me, I think that I personally, and maybe this is very controversial, but ideally the most sustainable diet for me, if I had all the money in the world, which I don't, um, would be, you know, a zero kilometer diet, making sure that the food that I consume comes within a very small radius of where I live. Yeah. And for me, that is what I feel you know, would fit my level of sustainable, my yeah. idea of sustainability. Obviously, assuming if I'm getting meat that it's coming from a biodynamic farm. Yeah. But that source, you know, yeah. it's like for me, the single most important thing when it comes to sustainability and it encompasses a few things, but just the idea of source. Yeah. Like know your source. Yeah. If you're going to eat meat, 
cool. Just know where it comes from and know that you feel comfortable eating meat yeah. from that space. Yeah. You know, like stop to reattach or reintegrate yourself into the source of where your food comes from. Yeah. If you're going to be buying quinoa, great. But that quinoa is just as bad for the environment, like socioeconomically and like carbon emission wise as the as the cow that's probably, you know, helping the land in a biodynamic farm, possibly that's going to be controversial. <laughs> Enjoy that, folks. Um, I'll send you my address if you want to come <laughs> argue. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, I've personally seen, like I, I used to, when I was transitioning, I would, uh, when I was transitioning towards a plant-based diet, um, I'd occasionally go and eat like a Farmer Angus um, beef burger somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it's because I'd been to Farmer Angus's farm at Spear. Mm. I'd seen studies of what he had done on the land of areas of the gr the land that that where, where cows were grazing, versus areas of the land where he had left without the cows yeah. grazing. And the land was just so beautiful and lush and alive and and healthy where the cows were. Yeah. And they were given a huge amount of land, more land than any wild cow could ever be given. Yeah. And they just grazed, you know, yeah. and they had this biodynamic re regenerative relationship yeah. with the, like, the insects and the soil, mm. and it was incredible. And, you know, the same applies to his chickens. You know, he's got mobile coops that follow them, and the chickens are basically in, in like, an area that is as big as the cow's area, and they're huge. You know, it's a huge yeah. farm, small amounts of chickens, and they follow, these coops follow the chickens around this huge field, and, like, they're living their happiest life, just popping out some eggs, and it's like if I can see that source, I feel comfortable eating that food. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'd love if there is someone out there that really wants to sit down and tell me how genetically we are supposed to be completely herbivorous creatures. I'd love to hear about that, but I really don't feel like, you know, anatomically and genetically we are um complete one hundred percent plant eaters. I do, however, with all of that being said, with saying source is the most important, mm. I do think that veganism is the quickest way and most cost-effective, even though people think it's expensive. It's really not. It's expensive if you want to, like, replace your cheese with vegan cheese mm. and you want to replace, yeah. you know, your... your if you want to replicate a meat-based diet. Exactly. Then it's not going to be, like, yeah. cheaper. But I think the most attainable way to lead a sustainable diet is veganism. Yeah. And that is why I'm transitioning to that because I don't have a big enough budget yeah. to go and make sure that I can fulfill my zero kilometer diet yeah. from local artisanal suppliers yeah. of these things. Yeah. But if you do have the money and you're buying beef from a really reputable regenerative biodynamic farm, good on you. Yeah. You know, but that it's it's that it's all of the factors that come into play yeah. when we talk about sustainability. It's like what is attainable for yeah. you socioeconomically, financially you know, um, culturally. Yeah, culture. I think culturally is a huge one. That we miss a lot. Yeah. You know? It's all understanding and, and context. And it's also, it's so funny. It's like we evolved eating meat. It's like if you evolve doing anything, like just the concept of evolution has changed. You know, yeah. it's changed in growth over time. Maybe we don't need that much yeah. meat anymore. Maybe Absolutely. we don't need meat at all anymore. And I think, you know, the amount of people that have a plant-based diet are wonderful advocates for this. You know, yeah. I think... You know, it's not to say one is necessarily, I feel like one is necessarily 10 times or significantly healthier than the other. Personally, how it resonates with yeah. my body is that it is. I do feel yeah. healthier. I do feel um, like stronger and more energized on a yeah. plant-based diet. And I feel like I can lead this plant-based diet sustainably through yeah. the rest of my life. And that's okay. But you know, I also need to be okay in accepting that, you know, some people might struggle a lot more genetically yeah. or biologically. Their bodies may actually crave meat on a deep cellular level more than mine. Yeah. Not an excuse to, you know, continuously eat excessive yeah. amounts of meat, but just understanding that everybody's different. Yeah. Understanding that evolution, you know, described is it, it is change, yeah. you know. So and adapting best to the Exactly. The exactly. And now we need to adapt to keep this, you know, this floating spaceship in the middle of the flipping universe to keep mothering earth Ex to keep mothering earth oh, oh, that, oh that landed nicely <laughs> full circle <laughs> let's get into tea tank alchemy quickly amazing I'd, I'd love to you know hear more about where that came from and, and so yeah where did where did tea tank what is it yeah explain so, to the people? so i'm i'm the co-founder of, of tea tank alchemy um the other founder is enyo hallenbach um one of my best best mates and someone that i respect very highly and, and we both we really just love having a really good time together i mean actually he um 
we'd been working closely together for the past year and a half just like he was he was hosting some conscious retreats and and weekend getaways and stuff like that and was incorporating some ether products and um a few months ago um hosted red roots festival which was a festival that was trying to change the idea on how people approach festivals and mm. what they put into their bodies over the course of a weekend yeah offering alternatives and i gave a, i gave a, a little talk there um sort of talking about wonderful plant-based medicines and mushrooms and stuff like that that you know could really boost one's weekend experience yeah. you know and make you go home feeling like you have a bulletproof immune system yeah. and not fi- feel like you You've wish you had one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've been absolutely crucified. Um, so that was really wonderful. And then from that, we decided that we really wanted to, you know, like I, I was in Guatemala um, during my travels in, in Central America, and I was at this festival there, and there was this this tent there, this teepee, mm. and it wasn't really in the camping areas. So I, I knew that it wasn't someone's personal tent, but there were a few tents around for like red tents for women and. Uh, there was a, I think it was a white tent for men there and stuff like that. So I thought it might have been like in an event, a certain like workshop or something going on there. Sort of poked my head inside. And as soon as I poked my head inside, it was like this incredible scene from, from Alice in Wonderland, this real Mad Hatter's tea party. There was people like having the most incredible conversations, laughing and and chatting away. And at the back of the tent, there was a lady just pouring small little cups of tea, passing them around. It wasn't a space that was... Um, structured it wasn't guided it was just come sit down and meet someone over a cup of tea Uh, and that's sort of an idea that's been sitting with me for a while and then um, recently just really wanting to get back with my back in touch with my sort of alchemy roots from Lebanon and trying Mm. to figure out how best to incorporate that Um, and and then sort of linking that back to the idea of this this tea party that I experienced and I was just chatting with Enya the one day we're at his house um just drinking this wonderful we, we called it the brew of the day and it was this wonderful concoction of like 18 different things in a tea um including tinctures and powders and actual teas and there was like a there was a stone i'm sure that was probably <laughs> placed in there you know um and we were just chatting we were like you know like it would also be nice to like be able to like have this sort of social because we were having a blast and it was uh, nice to have this sort of social environment yeah. with with more people you know yeah. like just sit down drink tea then I sort of sparked my, my memory back to that festival and that tea ceremony there. And I was like, turns out Enya had a <laughs> had a bowl tent, which is just, you know, not something everyone has. So mm. it was quite cool. And Enya just happened to have a bowl tent. And we decided, okay, cool. Um, Enya is very much a go-getter and someone that, you know, will make something happen in no time. So it was a Friday, I think, when we were having that cup of tea. And he was like, cool, Sunday, let's make it happen. And I was like, dude, we don't have enough time to, like, let people know um yeah lo and behold we made it happen <laughs> about 15 people showed up including um we did it in the quarry in the Higovel quarry we had some climbers that were just saw us there that joined um there was uh, a burgie in the area that joined as well which was actually really really nice his name uh, changed a few times but eventually it was actually jordan i think maybe he was inspired by me or something <laughs> but he, he arrived i think as like um it was like isaac or something and and left as Jordan but nice guy really nice guy and it was just like a wonderful sort of example of the sort of space that we're holding you know anyone and everyone Um, and since then we've done two different ceremonies and um, it's wonderful like my favorite part about it is you know we just hold the space and we pour tea for three hours and might be shameful it might be embarrassing I think in order to sort of move through things in order to be having the conversations that we need to be having as a society you know, you need to approach things with bravery yeah. and like courage. And by that, you need to be able to like accept that you are wrong all yeah. the time, Yeah, you know? like all the time. And yeah. only by doing that, can you really construct a viewpoint that is, that is, you know, accurate. I think, yeah. you know, if you're able to criticize everything, then, I mean, you know, I'm by nature, I'm, I love science yeah. and I love the scientific method. And I yeah. think the reason I love the scientific method is that, you know, like you're trying to prove things wrong the whole time. Mm, you know, you're yeah. trying to. So if you've you're got trying to opinion, prove your own assumption exactly. wrong, that's the fundamental principle of, of the scientific method. Exactly, and I think there's something so beautiful about yeah. that. You know, that sort of self-criticism and really understanding something because you know that it it doesn't not want to work like that. Yeah. You know, it really wants to to happen, but and not 
creating an opinion based on making something yeah. work, but understanding that it works. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> reference to Neil deGrasse Tyson again, um, Shout out Neil. talking about <laughs> kind of truths and, and what truths are. He, he's kind of analyzed it and, and come up with the, the personal truths, which are things that to you are true and no one can take that away from you. So someone religious who believes that Jesus Christ is a savior or Muhammad was the last prophet, that is a personal truth. And to them, that is true. And it, it is you know, something that they are entitled to believe is true and, you know, not to argue with that. Then there's political truths, which are things that get said enough times that you believe them because, mm. and that's that's an evolutionary trait. If we observe a pattern long enough, we assume it to be true because if you see lions in that part of the, you know, the plane enough, you know that there are lions there consistently and that is the truth you believe. It might not be. And then there's objective truth, which is determined by science and scientific method where, and he kind of he said, think. I mean, we still believe a lot of theories that in in science totally. that you know can't be fully proven. They have laws. Yeah, things, yeah, exactly. Think theory of evolution, Einstein's general theory of relativity. You know, that there's. But once something is proven true in science and verified by independent whatevers, it never becomes untrue because of the nature of the scientific method. Totally. Until the aliens arrive. Until the aliens <laughs> arrive and then we're stuffed. Um, but, you know, and, and I think it's important to realize that until you reach that level of confirmation of your opinion, it's still just a theory. Totally. And it's, it's subjective. And that's, you know, that's something that's very important for the listeners to understand from my side is like everything i've said here other than you know factual evidence i've provided about yeah. certain products and medicines yeah. like it's completely subjective but i think it's really nice to be able to walk into a room and just say listen this is my subjective opinion yeah it's all based on information yeah. that i've gathered and collected yeah yeah it's, it's like subjective. i think it's a it's, yeah. i think it's a fairly well researched opinion and totally. it's an educated opinion and if anything let it make you think let it make you do your own research. Let it make you find out that that is actually, you know, maybe not the entire truth. Yeah. But let it provoke some thought. Yeah. So we're going to start wrapping things up-ish. I mean, firstly, we've and we've talked about a couple of people and, and organizations and stuff. But here's your opportunity to give a, a shout out to, to anybody who organizations, people, you know, brands, whatever, that are just in the sustainability space that are doing really cool work that you think just deserves more recognition totally i mean you know one of one and of my also i'm gonna steal all of them and email them to come <laughs> be on the podcast <laughs> i can i can connect those dots for you very easily um yeah i think you know i spend a lot of time um working with different clients that that stock our products and you know some that have really stood out um the likes of science community um taking that sort of more know your source sort of approach um with regards to very sustainably sourced meats and stuff like that. It's a grocery store in in Seapoint, Sans Community. Um, JP Bolas, the the owner of of Sans, um, just an incredible guy that's sort of at the forefront of everything sustainable. Um, and I really appreciate that. Someone I also cannot not mention is um, Paul from Nude Foods. Um, I just think he's an incredible guy. And, the thing that I love about Paul that I think makes him stand out is that even even though he's running this wonderfully successful business, he is one of the very few people I know that, you know, eats, sleeps and breathes his brand. Mm. And you see that in, you know, the humble way that he goes about life, the way that he himself, you know, I mean, Nude Foods, for anyone that doesn't know, it's a plastic-free grocery store, completely plastic-free. And they you know he's going about things the car that he drives the mm. you know his plastic consumption is like pretty much zero like the life that he leads is so beautifully you know in um, alignment. in alignment yeah with yeah. his brand and i respect that so much especially someone that's got such a a wonderfully successful and established business to be able to still uphold such a, a humble and sustainable lifestyle yeah. i really respect that yeah. a lot um so yeah those are two of the bigger brands that i've just you know i've grown grown up around and really really appreciate and respect some guys that i think don't get really enough recognition at all cosmic bazaar um they are very close friends of ours at ether and the, dylan is the founder he's doing some really incredible stuff with regards to supplying package free really accessibly priced health healthy grains and medicines ethnobotanics um 
just a really wonderful space and it's it's you know proper grassroots company they're starting mm. from the bottom they're growing yeah. organically and i think that they deserve all the support they can get it's just it's run by good people and they really aren't fighting for you know like to be business tycoons they really just want to make a difference the amount yeah. of favors that they would do for people just in in sort of the the um fight for sustainability is incredible um i've also got you know just some other friends that i'd really love to mention doug Byrne, Noel, shampoo and soap is changing the way that we use cosmetics and amenity products um package free and back to the source the products that he's using is really empowering communities in kzn um good friend of mine oliver cop the manager of hanneman co-bread also a really wonderful initiative um with sustainability at its at its forefront so those are some of my my favorite bra oh, oh oat milk shout out to you guys because best oat milk in the world and that is a wonderful example of taking sustainability to the next level oat milk was the next best thing but it required tetra packaging mm. you know which is like yeah it's, it's shocking and and there's not 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 many ways you can get around that um and Oat for the past you know year and a half two years has felt has you know been very stubborn in the fact that they won't convert to a tetra pack and they've kept selling their oat milk you know in wine bottles and stayed true to themselves and i really have so much respect for them uh, as someone that is not only supplying a wonderful dairy alternative but is full circle running a sustainable business by also reducing their use of plastic mm. and and packaging and stuff like that yeah. so those are just some brands that i think are really taking things to the next level and also some really nice young entrepreneurs that mm. i think deserve all the credit they can get and support at this time amen cool thank you for for the shout outs the the last kind of segment for oh the second last three to five tips from you personally as to like little implementations that people can take little actions that are attainable and maintainable ways of, of making their lifestyle just a little bit more sustainable okay um sure i mean obviously there's so many little things that you can mm. list and um yeah if it does become part of a lifestyle sometimes you forget exactly what you're doing <laughs> yeah. but i think you know i think something that's really important is reducing plastic yeah. consumption and taking plastic out of the system yeah and, you know reduce reuse recycle is great but just like reduce is try reduce important. and then reuse <laughs> yeah exactly like recycling plastic I, you know we don't have i don't have enough time to, to go into how shocking that is and like how much of a scam yeah. the reci actual recycling of plastic is the amount of carbon emissions that it gives off we need to stop putting plastic into the system we need to take it mm. out of circulation completely obviously this is a process this is something that takes time so the least that you can do is reduce your plastic intake whether it's you know pick and pay are doing great things now there's certain segments of some pick and pays where you can do package free shopping that's great nude foods is obviously a wonderful space to get everything plastic free um, and if you are going to be reusing your plastic you know do things like eco bricking and just reusing tupperwares and mm. and, and plastic packets and stuff like that but try your best to cut plastic completely out of your life at least single-use plastics um another thing for me which is you know we've spoken about it and i think it's sort of the crux of leading a sustainable life would be source and mm. all of the things that encompass source um the socioeconomic issues knowing you know how you know are you buying local mm. you know that's a very sustainable thing to do no matter what you're buying clothes food um cosmetics like buying local is one really beautiful and we've way. got especially in cape town such an incredible wealth of sustainable local brands totally. Spe clothing especially we'll have a few on the podcast and hopefully more and more food options i mean the yeah. especially in cape town we do have such a wealth of those options but anywhere this, this movement is growing and totally and those options do exist you just need to put in a little bit of work to find them totally totally so i mean yeah source big one um whether it's your yeah your meat your quinoa <laughs> or uh, or your clothing um, and i think you know at its crux i think the most important thing for something to be really sustainable is that you need it it can't be a trend you mm. know like yeah. the issue of sustainability being trendy and it's great initially because yeah. it gets people on that train 
but in order for it to be something that you can carry through your life and for something for it to be something that's truly sustainable i believe that you need to make sure that whatever options you decide whatever path you take yeah. whatever action you take to increase your sustainability make sure that it's something that actually gives you emotional fulfillment yeah don't cut out donuts on your diet if you are someone that There's really wants a donut. Donuts, yeah. You know, exactly. Like, that's the it's thing. It's got to be attainable. It's got to be attainable. You know, like, don't sacrifice your emotional pleasure for some sort of, like, deep... Um, Especially uh, if you're doing it because other people think exactly, it's bad. Exactly. Find the sustainable balance uh, where you take into consideration your physical needs and your emotional needs when approaching yeah. a sustainable i think that for me has been the most important yeah not being scared or like lashing myself on the back because i've taken a little bite of mommy's bacon in the morning yeah. you know like no like that felt great you yeah know? And i'm not craving eating a whole yeah. bowl of bacon it's cooked it's there it's ready yeah it smells like heaven i'm gonna have a little crispy bite mm. you know um and that brings me a lot of emotional fulfillment and it helps me maintain the sort of yeah. very plant-based yeah. lifestyle yeah so. i also think plant-based is just such yeah. a good term because it's you know it's, it's you're it's not putting yourself core. in a box yeah cool i mean this is monologue time if you have anything you want to say to the people you can sure talk to the camera yeah, for okay. a little bit cool let me do this i'm going to leave you guys with some pillars of wisdom the things that i think are the most important sort of aspects you need to be looking into nowadays mushrooms for one all about it medicinal mushrooms mushrooms that you can use for food mushrooms that can be used to build houses and replace certain textiles mushrooms for packaging mushrooms that can change our minds and heal our minds mushrooms as medicine to heal our bodies um just mushrooms i'm telling you there's so much there there's so much potential in mushrooms especially around sustainability follow the mushrooms and listen to the mushrooms another thing i think is just super important is like have fun like for me the biggest thing in the world like my biggest sort of wake up and get out of bed thing is humor like if you got if you can't laugh at yourself like how are you going to have fun in life i believe that life is one big joke but as soon as you can realize this it just becomes that much more meaningful and so soon as things get a little bit stressful as soon as things get a little bit intense just zoom out and have a little laugh because the real answer and facts and i've led left this for right at the end just so that i don't maybe you know compromise the integrity of everything i've said the anunnaki the dogon tribe in mali the dogu tribe in sierra leone they're onto something serious the star system especially sirius b that's where the aliens are coming from there is advanced technology that is beyond our comprehension. And when you understand this stuff, you understand that life is one big joke and we're not in control of anything, but you can still have a lot of fun. I hope that you can put that in because I've been studying that, that for the that last three weeks. Too, that wasn't anything too controversial. We can I'm, definitely leave that in. I'm telling you, yeah. I mean, I could also go onto the pyramids actually being transport vessels and not actually tombs. And yeah, there's, there's a lot. That perspective perspective i i I'm, I'm very much open to those conversations okay. thank you so much for coming on and having such a fun chat i had so much fun having this conversation i really learned a lot i really enjoyed it i really enjoy our conversations and we will definitely have a episode two and hopefully many more with jordan jagger um so thank you so much for coming and and for the work you're doing and for sharing your knowledge with not only me but but the the people, the listeners or the watchers, depending on, on how they are consuming this. And yeah, thank you. You can, uh, we'll put all the links wherever they're relevant, yeah. but you can reach Jordan through either his Instagram, which is Jordan Jagger underscore Ether. Jagger, J-A-G-G-A. There's no R or an E. Or you can search for T-Tank Alchemy. You can also search for Ether Herbalist and Apothecary. Totally. You can Google ether you can find their site um, google me maybe I don't google know jordan up, see so. what will happen <laughs> um but yeah get in touch if you are so interested about any of these things uh, he's very happy to chat about yeah. them very educated so he can tell you all the good stuff totally um but yeah thank and you thank, so thank much thank you brad i really absolute pleasure this, it's, this it's podcast it's I been a lot of fun yeah 
you're gonna you're going places thank you i appreciate really appreciate the the message that you're putting out there thank you yeah sort of talking about serious things in a very very comfortable way yeah i think think that's how we need to do it Thank you to the listener for being a part of the conversation. Yes, thank and thank you, you guys for listening to me for so long. <laughs> <laughs> you have made it to the end. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening to Successfully Sustainable. Uh, make sure you like us and share it and subscribe and do all those things because we're going to be talking to even more very interesting people about very interesting things and fun ways to make your life a little bit more sustainable. And... Yeah, remember to hold yourself to a standard of constant improvement and not perfection because I think that's really important and you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be trying. Intent is everything. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to mother nature. Oh, that's it. That's the end. (laughs) Shantae away.